4 through 13. And if you are uh, comfortable doing this uh, at home, uh, if you're here in person, uh, we invite you to um, uh, please stand as able for the reading of God's word. So may the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, friends, um, as we talk about what it means to live life in the kingdom, you know, we've been talking about a lot of things, uh, you know, trying to describe this life as a really joyful life, as a really peace-filled life, as a really love-filled life. And I I think, um, you know, we we might wonder at times, how can we have that kind of life? Let's just take joy, for example. Joy is mentioned in that passage that, that, that we read, that, Jesus came to make our joy full, right? To make us joy full. How can you become joyful? Um, I, I looked up uh, uh, Google images so I could, you know, put a, a picture up on the slide. And there's this picture of this woman jumping, right? Is this how you become joyful? You just got to, like, jump a lot? Because I got to say that, um, you know, I was looking through the Google images, and I don't know why, like, people think this, but... Um, there were so many pictures that were just like that, right? It's either like someone like with their hands up like this or just lots and lots of people jumping, you know? And friends, I don't know about you. Just think on the last week. In the last week, have you ever like been walking down the street and you saw someone jump like this? Have you ever seen anyone do that? Have you ever seen anyone in your house just go, yay, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is that how you do it? I mean, would that even be practical? Is that the kind of advice we're going to give you on how to be joyful? Is you just need to jump a lot? You know, you're on your way to your finals and just go like this, just a lot. It's going to be really tiring. Man, just even me just going like this, I I just got like a little bit winded. I I don't know what that says about me. (laughs) You know, it's not practical. And I think sometimes when we talk about these kinds of things, like being joyful or being peaceful or being love not loveful, <laughs> being full of love. You know, it almost sounds like we are telling people to just do it, like this kind of like Nike thing, right? Just have joy. <laughs> okay, cool. Just be loving, you know? Just, just, just be loved, you know? Just, you know, be at peace. You know, just calm down. Just don't worry. Is that how it works, friends? I mean, surely I think there's something else going on. And in the Bible, that's not what Jesus tells us, right? So much about the life of Christ is not about what you are doing. It is about what Christ is doing in you, right? However, 
So many times, I, I got to say, the church and for Christians, we get this twisted all the time, right? Like we'll say things like, yeah, 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 you know, believe in Christ, trust in Christ. Yeah, yeah, you know, you got to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. We don't really know what that means, but I mean, sometimes we do. It's like, okay, I said this prayer and I opened my heart and maybe I felt some joy, but now what? Now what do we do, right? I did that when I was 12 years old. Now I'm 45. What have I been doing for the last 33 years, you know? And it seems like sometimes you come to church and the answer seems to be do more, right? Hey, you got to do all these things now, right? And you got to do the joy, right? Like guys start jumping. (laughs) You know, you got to do the love thing. You got to do the peace thing. But that's not what it says in the Bible. That's not what Jesus says. Actually, the way it's described, it's not about what you do, right? But it's what is already being done. And these things will come to you as fruit, right? So often there is this kind of agriculture language that, that talks about the Christian life, Right? And so I, let's take a look at the passage we just read. And you know, to go a little bit deeper, it says, abide in me. That, that word abide, it, it's maybe not a word we use all the time, right? but it just means remain, stay. Right? Stay in me and I in you. Right? So if you abide in me, I'm going to abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So that's saying it right there, right? A a branch, and this is who we are. This is what what Jesus is saying. You are like a branch. You cannot bear that fruit on your own, right? The love, the joy, the peace, uh, 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 these kinds of things, they're not just going to naturally come from your life. And, And you may try to do it, and maybe you get just a little bit or something that looks like love, something that looks like joy, something that looks like peace. But how long does that last? And, and what, what Jesus is saying is that many of us, we're living these disconnected lives. And so us trying to do it on our own, well, hey, what's going to happen? You're going to get tired. Maybe you start jumping for joy a little bit, and maybe, I don't know, maybe you'll feel something like joy. But how long is that going to last before you get winded, before you start getting tired and you're like, I can't do this anymore, right? But Jesus is saying, just like the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, it must be connected. It needs to remain in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. This is Jesus talking. I'm the vine. I'm the one who's going to give you these things. I'm going to give you this life. And this is the good news. All we need to do is stay in the vine. That's it. We're going to talk about how we do that, right? But we, we, instead of telling you, Go and be joyful. Go and be loving. Jesus is saying, no, come and be with me. Come and be in me, right? Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Friends, what happens to a branch that is not connected to a tree? Right? or a branch that's not connected to a vine. At a certain point, it's going to lose that, that, that luscious green <laughs> right? and the suppleness of life. It's going to become hard and brittle. And, and at, after a certain point, it just becomes dead and it wastes away. Right? Do you ever take a, see a branch 
and a branch that's been like out for a really long time, it's been disconnected from a tree for a really long time. Some of those branches, man, you pick it up and it almost just like disintegrates, right? It's been out in the elements for a long time and it's just so brittle, right? Do you ever feel like that in your life? You know, you just feel like, man, I am just like, I just feel so brittle. Uh, There's this line from Lord of the Rings where uh, there's this character, Bilbo, who's 111 years old. And the way he describes the way he feels, I, I, I feel this so often. I don't know about you guys. But he says uh, to his um, nephew, Frodo, Bilbo says, I feel like butter spread over um, too much bread. I feel like butter spread over too much bread. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever like, get like that little pat of butter? And it's like all the butter you have or, you know, you're too lazy to go get more butter, and you're like, oh, I'm going to like make this last. And you start like spraying it out. And I don't know, like maybe that, that butter, like there's not a lot of it, and you're just like spraying it out, and you're just like destroying your toast, right? Because <laughs> there's just not enough butter, and just everything's just getting ripped up. You ever feel like that? You're just trying to make your life, you're trying to make it last. You're trying to spread it out, right? You're trying to make it cover everything. It's not working. Just everything's just getting torn up. You ever feel like that branch that's just not connected to any life? And like, man, I am so tired. I am like just tired in my soul. I'm weary, right? I, I, I just, I, I, I'm like, I don't have patience. I'm just not very loving. You know, for parents, this happens a lot. We get so tired. We just, we're like snapping at our kids all the time. You know, or I don't know about you guys, like maybe you're at home and your mom or dad says something and then you're like, I know! And you just like yell at them for no reason. You're like, why did I do that? What is going on? Or your roommates, right? Like, like all of a sudden you're just like, like, like you're so mean and you're like, why am I doing that? Why am I acting that way? And it just kind of comes out of you. You know, or, or you just, I, I don't know if you ever feel like this, friends, but I definitely do. And what Jesus is saying is not this kind of like, hey, go do more. Hey, you just need to be better, you know? You just need to be more loving and more joyful. He says, no, you need to be connected to me. Remember what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, or sorry, not in the Sermon on the Mount, one of the, the addresses. Um, I mean, he says a lot of good things in the Sermon on the Mount too, but when he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, right? He doesn't say, hey, Go, like, wake yourself up, right? Go and, and make sure you're really well-rested. Go make sure that you got everything figured out. Then come to me. That's what we think, right? I don't know why, but sometimes that's the message that the church presents. Oh, all of you who have messed up lives, you go figure it out first, and then you come to the church. Stop sinning, and then come to the church, right? Go follow Jesus and love Jesus and love everyone, and then come to the church. No, man, that's not what Jesus says. He says, if you're tired, if you're weary, if you've been messing up, if you feel like you're you know, too little butter scraped over too much bread, you know, if you feel like you're that, that dried up branch, come to me. That's where you're going to get life, right? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is not meant to be some kind of like, you know, wish fulfillment thing. It's not about like a genie, right, where you can just ask God whatever you want. But what I think verse 7 is hinting at is that if you are abiding in Jesus and Jesus, is, his words, his commands, they're living in you, you are going to have a much more productive life. 
I mean, there's going to be good things that come out of you. And you are going to be so in sync with God that, that your prayers are going to be more effective, right? It's not about doing it better. It is about doing it in Christ. And friends, when we can live that kind of life, right, it's just like everything gets easier. If you're living the, the in Christ life, you know, you're, you're, you're probably naturally going to have more joy. You're going to feel more secure. You're not going to be as afraid. You're not going to be as anxious, right? That's why Jesus is talking about all this kind of stuff. Hey, come to me, right? And don't be anxious about your life. Look at the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. They're taken care of. When you're living the in Christ life, you know that, right? You're not going to be so reactive to everything, right? You're not going to be so fearful all the time. You're not going to always have anxiety racking you. Because you're going to be in this different kind of way of being. How can I describe this to you? Well, what I wanted to describe to you is not just kind of theoretically, but just to think, like, has there ever been a time in your life where just things are different? You look at the world different, right? You're different. And it's not just a psychological state, friends, right? I'm not just talking, like, spiritual mumbo-jumbo, like, like something that's not practical. I want you to see that there is a way of being that is like completely different. So one example, right? We're talking about being in Christ. We're talking about being in love. Let's talk about being in love. Have you ever seen people in love? Um, I don't know how you guys feel about this picture. I looked up some other Google images. I was going to do the same thing where I put up like a bunch of different images that they show about people being in love, but I couldn't do it. I was like about to throw up in my mouth. I was like, I, I can only do one, that's it. But lots of this, like, okay, imagine um, my phone is like another person, right? And this is their nose. It's a lot of this, you know, just like, like their eyes are closed, maybe foreheads touching. I'm like, what? Like, like this kind of weird, like Spider-Man pose. Like, I don't know what is going on there. But friends, uh, <laughs> why are people like that, you know? Now, now, this is, like, very extreme. I, I don't know. This looks like an engagement photo, you know, where they do, like, all those, like, poses where, you know, got, like, the hand on the stomach or, like, you know, just all this stuff. But I got to tell you, when people are feeling in love, this doesn't seem that weird. <laughs> it really doesn't seem that weird, you know? Like, if you ever seen someone in love, it's like they're, they're part of a different universe. They're, like, a different species of human. The way they talk to that loved one, like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. Oh, oh, I love you. Like, their voice gets all weird. It goes up like five octaves. You're like, dude, what is wrong with you? You know, if it's like a guy, like, I mean, I've seen guys do this. You know, it's like, hey, what's up? But they, hey, baby. You know, like, what is going on? What is wrong with you? You're like a different person, right? Hey, I got to tell you, man, have you ever been in a situation where, like, I don't know, there's someone that, 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 like, you weren't sure if they liked you back. You've been longing. You've been longing. And then one night you find out, they like you back. The next day, I got to tell you, the sun shines a little bit brighter, right? The birds just seem to be singing, right? Just everything is sweet. Even if you're in Michigan and the weather is terrible, you're like, I feel so warm. It's just everything is different. What is going on, friends? It's a different kind of reality that you're living in. Now, I got to say that this reality is maybe not something you can live in all the time, right? And so we know that it's not just about this kind of like, like emotional state, 
right? And, and definitely when we're talking about the life in Christ, I used to think that my life in Christ should be like this. Not, you know, so cheesy or whatever, but it should be emotional. I should be feeling in love with God. Have you ever like had an experience with God where you experience what we call a spiritual high? Maybe you've been at a retreat. Maybe you went on a mission trip and you come back and you're just like, you're just like, oh, like you feel this fire, right? You're just like, I love God. I love everyone. I'm going to disciple everyone. I'm going to evangelize everyone. You just like feel it so much, right? And then two weeks later, you're like, life. (laughs) I, I don't know what's happening. Do I even believe in God anymore? What happened? What happened? The emotions come and go, right? But I have to say that maybe it's not always like this intense emotion, but we know that being in a state of love, whatever you want to call that, not this kind of like emotional hyperstate, but actually being loved and loving another person, it changes you. So there's all these studies they've done about kids, right, and babies. If babies do not connect to a, a, a mother, to, to a, a caregiver, then there's something that happens that kind of like deforms in their life, right? There, there's this prime attachment that you need to have. And basically what we know is that we are designed for love and connection. If you don't have it, I mean, I do believe in Christ that those things can be healed, but it ain't easy, right? It's going to have to be almost like a supernatural thing, right? People who don't have that prime love, who just know in their soul that they're loved, right? It changes things for people, right? Like, we become very insecure. We might do some really risky things to try to get you know, uh, some sort of thrill or to get some kind of excitement or, you know, to kind of fill that void, right? But people are really secure in that love. It, it doesn't have to be like the schmoopy, like emotional thing, right? But you, you're just, you're like rock solid, right? Does that make sense, right? You, you're that kid who just, you know, you can be by yourself because you know, you know your love, right? Um, and so friends, I think that is very similar to what we um, are talking about here, Right? And so I want to continue in verse 8. It says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Because remember, friends, this is what we talked about. We, We talked about this a little bit last week, the idea of the Trinity, right? You have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We call it the Trinity, right? And it's something that doesn't make a lot of sense to us. But what I told you last week is the one thing that we know about the Trinity is that they love each other and they bless each other. And a lot of the the way of talking, it's this kind of union. They're not so separate, right? And Jesus will say things like, you know, the Father is in me and I am in the Father. And a lot of people are like, what does that mean? I don't understand that, right? But he talks about this closeness, right? And so this is what he's saying. I'm in the Father and the Father is in me and I want you to be in me. Right? You know the Father loves me. I love the Father. In that same way, I want you to experience that too. Right? As the Father have, has loved me, so have I loved you. And I want you to stay in that love. I want you to live the kind of life where you are experiencing my love. It's not always going to be emotional. But it's going to be the kind of thing like what we're talking about with like a loving parent, right? Where you just know, you know in your soul that everything's going to be okay because your loving parent is the God of the universe. You know it in your soul. And what we've talked about so often is that so many people in this world, including people who grow up in church, don't know that. 
Like, you might know it up here. You might be like, yeah, 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 God's my father, right? Like, God loves me. But you don't feel it here. And you certainly don't feel it in your nervous system. How do we know this? Because we get scared and we get anxious. And when things happen in this world, it's almost as if, like, the world is falling apart and we're worried. Like, we're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, what if, what if the worst happens? Right? You ever think that way? Right? And this is a product of the modern age that we have, a secular age, where we act as if there is no God. I call it practical atheism. And a lot of us, we live in this kind of mentality. Right? And so often, we're walking around and we're feeling anxious. Anxiety is a state of fear where your fear doesn't have an object, but you just are, are like, like, something bad is going to happen. Right? I just kind of feel like I'm just like insecure, like I'm not safe. Right? Like, think about the difference between that and, like, a child who you have a parent. And, of course, like, we know our parents aren't perfect. We don't know they're all-powerful. I mean, we know that they're not all-powerful. We know that now. But as a kid, right, I mean, you just think mommy and daddy are going to protect you. You just think you're always going to be safe, right? And I talk about that idea of, like, the child sleeping in the back of the seat of, of, of the, the, you know, parent's car and how peaceful that is. I mean, they don't know that they're, you know, there's like all these cars whizzing around them and it is really dangerous, but they just kind of feel like, you know what, I'm safe, you know? And it's just kind of a different way of being, right? And that's what what, what, what we want to be able to experience all the time, right? And, and so it says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. We talk about the commandments. We talk about these things that that God uh, wants us to do, that Jesus tells us, hey, this is how I want you to live life. It's a different way of living life. It's not just about like, hey, do this so that I will reward you. It's so, do this so that you can share in my life, right? This is my way of being, and I want you to share in that. And if you do that, then you can abide in my love, right? I've spoken these things to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Again, there is this kind of unity, right? We're together with God. God wants us to be able to bear much fruit in our lives. We're not gonna do that on our own, right? The way the Bible talks about it, like we said, it's fruit. It's not your effort. It's not what you are doing. You're not doing love as much as love is being done through you if you are connected to God's love, right? So this is the way that it puts it in, in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. What it's talking about is that the law was about commands. It was about just telling you, hey, go do these things. Go, go and, you know, be perfect. Go and, you know, don't sin and those kinds of things, Right? But what, what Jesus is talking about is that if the Spirit is living in you, then these things will start to come out of you. It's a fruit, right? And so we have to ask that question. Are those things coming out of us, right? And friends, so often in Scripture, it talks about this way of living, right? It's not about always, hey, just try harder, do these things because God's going to be mad at you. Or if you keep messing up, then you're not a true believer. That's not what it's talking about. Remember, Jesus went to the cross to die for your sin. We're not keeping score anymore, right? 
you are found not guilty. You are justified by faith, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ because of what he did for you on the cross. Now you can come near, not because you did it right. You can come near because he's inviting you. You can come near because he wants you to, right? And now you can truly be in Christ. It is one of the most common phrases that's used in the Bible. You ever think about that, what it means when it says in Christ, right? I mean, let's think about it this way. What if we were to say in Satan? (laughs) Like I do these things in Satan. You're like, whoa, what, what, right? But friends, like we don't really think about the flip side of that, right? We we don't really think about what does it mean to do it in Christ? It's said so often that I think we we just become numb to it. You know, I, I heard from, a, uh, I read a thing by John Stott where he said the phrase in Christ or in the Lord is used 164 times in the New Testament. That's a lot, right? It's all over the place. I just want to show you a couple of places. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. How are you going to be a new creation? You're going to be a new creation by yourself, by your own effort, by not sinning? No, you are going to be a new creation if you are in Christ, right? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, right? And, and I can't show you all 164 passages, right? But it's there all the time. How do we live the in Christ life? So I want to ask you guys, how do you remain in Christ? Is it the same as just saying like, hey, you guys got to read the Bible, you got to pray, you, you, you got to like go to church, you know, you got to stop sinning. You know that hot sin, that thing that you're doing that like you always feel guilty about? Stop it, right? And if you do that, then you remain in Christ. Is, is that what it's saying, right? Or, or it, we got to think about this a li- little bit. So th- this is why I put the emphasis on you. How do you remain in Christ? Because I have to say that when you are at different stages in your spiritual life, it might look a little bit different. But some of the principles are going to be the same. Really, what it is about is how do you stay connected to Jesus? How do you know that your life is actually in Jesus and Jesus is in you? How do you remain close to him, right? And one of the things that you'll see is that um, there is a contrast, right? So we mentioned um, this idea of um, the fruit of the Spirit. But if you notice that in Galatians 5.22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. So it's contrasting something, right? There's a way that most of us normally live. So I want to kind of rewind and show you a few verses before verse 22, right? Um, And so it says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, right? So what it's saying is that it's not just about a list of commands for you anymore. It's not just telling you, do this, don't do this. That's the law. But the Spirit is the Spirit of Christ that is going to lead you into what God desires for you right? But the problem is, is that most of us are not living by the Spirit. Most of us are living by what Paul calls our flesh, right? And the flesh is just the way you normally do things, right? He talks about the desires of the flesh. So this is just, what do I feel like doing, 
right? What's gonna, what do I think is going to make me happy? And what do I think is going to keep me safe from harm? That's pretty much it, right? And friends, what we have learned throughout life is that many of us, hopefully you've realized this by now, if you follow what your flesh desires, is it going to give you a fully joy-filled life? Is it going to give you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control? Is it? Probably not. This is what happens when we follow our flesh. We get a little thrill sometimes, or you know, we're like, hey, I'm doing what I want. And then it's gone. Two seconds later, it's gone. That's it. That's all you get, right? And it's not really giving you what you want. This is why so many people are broken in this world. What we really want is the life in Christ, don't we? We want a Christ-bearing life. We want fruit to come out of us. We want to be in the love of God. We want to know profoundly that it's going to be okay. We don't want to have anxiety and fear racking our lives and controlling us all the time. Who would want to sign up for that? Who would want to say, yeah, I want to just have lots of anxiety. I want to be depressed. Nobody wants that. We want joy. We want love. But we can't get it by following what we desire to do. Does that make sense? That's the life in me. That's the life in my flesh. That's the life in my desires. That's not the life in Christ. We need to start learning how to follow Christ in this. And, and, and it's not always going to be super straightforward. So, by the way, it says, now the works of the flesh are evident, right? And there's a whole list of things there, right? And these kinds of things, um, usually what ends up happening is that we just take the first one and the last one and we focus on those, You guys can read them. I'm not going to read them out loud. We've got some children downstairs. (laughs) But you guys can read the first one on the list and the last one on the list. And we we just focus on the hot sins, right? But there's a lot of stuff in there, guys. You see enmity? That's hatred, right? Do you see strife? That's like fighting, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, envy, right? We see a lot of this kind of stuff in this world. And this is what ends up happening when we follow the flesh. Look at this world. Look at the way this world is. Is it the kingdom of God? Is it people really loving each other and being loved in return? Is it lots of peace and joy? Or is it this? Friends, isn't this what happens when we follow our flesh? When we just do what we desire to do, right? Sometimes we're like, oh, that person makes me so angry. I can't help but hate them. I can't help but talk trash about them. I can't help but gossip about them. Yeah, that's what you feel like doing. But if you keep following that, that's what you're going to get, right? I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who make a practice of doing such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What it says in your ESV, but they give you a little asterisk, it says those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The problem with that, friends, is I think it makes it sound like, you know, we're just focusing on the behavior. Hey, stop doing it, right? That's what we hear. But that's not actually what it says in the Greek. What it says is those who habitually do it, those who keep doing it, Those that that is your lifestyle. You're following the flesh again and again and again. So what do we need to do, friends? We need to learn a new way, new habits, new ways of now being in Christ. And so, friends, 
it's not always going to be like, hey, you know, you got to just never sin anymore. You got to read the Bible all the time. No, no, no. Let's try to figure out, right? So uh, again, the result of that, this is the fruit of the Spirit. This is what is going to come out of your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. It's not about trying to do these things. It is about trying to live a life where you are led by the Spirit. So I'll go back to that question. How will you remain in Christ? And I think the operative question, the most important thing, is what habits will you cultivate to help you to remain in Christ and in his love? So a habit is what you do and you repeat it. You do it again and again. And what you guys know, uh, hopefully you know this, that habits are kind of, um, it's a little bit of a superpower. Right? Because there's going to be things that you cannot do on your own by, by your own will. Right? Like, you know, for instance, I want to um, go to the gym every day and work out for an hour. Some of you, you already do that. Right? And for you, it is super easy. If you don't go to the gym and work out for an hour, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel restless. You're, like in your body, you're like, oh man, I feel kind of gross. I got to go, go to the gym right now. Right? So now it's become a part of you. It's easy, right? Do you guys know people like that? Some of you are people like that. Or you have some habit in your life that you do all the time. And for you not to do it is hard, right? Right? Right or wrong? Yeah, it becomes easier when it becomes a habit in your life, right? But how about this? You've never worked out a day in your life. And now you're like, okay, I'm going to work out for an hour. Is it easy or hard? It's super hard, isn't it? It's not a part of you yet, right? And, and for most of us who try that, like, yo, I'm going to work out, you know, and you go there, you have no idea what you're doing, and you just go all out. You, 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 the, the weights that you lift are a little too heavy for you. You do it a little too long, you know, and, and you, you think you're supposed to do this impressive thing, and the next day, you're so sore, you don't want to ever do it again, <laughs> right? Friends, how helpful is that? Have you ever done that in the spiritual life? Have you ever been like, okay, I want to, you know, I want to be close to God. I need to live the in Christ life. So you're like, you read the Bible for an hour, right? I need to read this entire chapter. I need to pray for an hour. I need to like do something that you've never done before. You haven't exercised this spiritual muscle before. And then, and, and after you do it, and probably, you'll probably fail while you're trying to do it, right? Your mind keeps wandering, you keep getting distracted, you're checking your phone, and then at the end of it, you're really discouraged. You're like, I couldn't do it. What's wrong with me? I'm never going to do this again, right? And so, friends, in the same way, if you want to learn the habit, it is about learning to be in Christ. It is not about doing something to impress God. All you got to do is be in Christ. If you're in Christ, the good things are going to happen in you. Does that make sense? If you're living the in Christ life, the fruit will come, and it will come in season. It may not come right away, but if you've ever seen any plant ever, any flower, any tree, fruit does not come right away. It takes time. But if you keep disconnecting the branches, you're never going to get fruit, right? You got to keep it there. And so this is the in Christ life. How are you going to remain in Christ? Again, we are not talking about spiritual perfection. We aren't talking about any particular thing. And so what I want to suggest to you is find one thing. One thing you can do every day if you can do it. And if you can't do it every day, try to do it every other day. (laughs) At least every other day. 
Do one thing that can help you to live the in Christ life. What is that going to be? Is that going to be prayer? You know, I, I've tried to give examples of different things you can do. You know, maybe for five minutes. Uh, okay, let's, let's be a little ambitious. Ten minutes, get out of your apartment. You know, don't surf on your phone, but just listen to a praise song. Just walk around outside. Go to the Arb if you can. Friends, nowhere in the Bible will, will it tell you to do this, right? This isn't law, right? This is freedom in Christ to figure out how do I live the in Christ life? Maybe it's five minutes of just being still and just being in God. God, I'm going to surrender my busy thoughts and I'm just going to meditate on Christ. And I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to rest in the Lord. I'm not even going to do anything. But I'm just going to believe that I am taking a step to the in Christ life. So for five minutes, I'm just going to still my thoughts. And if the thoughts come, it's okay. I'm not going to sweat it. I'm just going to say, Jesus. I'm going to say, Jesus, help me. For five minutes, that's it. That is a very simple form of what they call contemplative prayer. It's not about what you do. It's just, just about resting in the Lord. Can you do that five minutes? Again, this is not a law, right? Maybe you're not ready for contemplative prayer. Maybe you want to just, you know, read a scripture passage, try to memorize it. Just read the same verse over and over and just do that for three minutes. Why three minutes? I don't know. It can be five minutes. It can be two minutes. Just do something. What they tell people when they're starting to work out is like, don't do the hour workout. Go and work out for like two minutes, five minutes. Just start. Or do something really easy. You know, don't do a full run right away if you want to do cardio, right? Just walk, right? And maybe like while you're walking, you can just bump it up, you know, bump it up one mile an hour, you know, after 20 minutes. Just, just bump it up a little bit, right? And just do that for 10 minutes. That's it. And this is the most important thing. Come back tomorrow. Do it again, right? Make it easy. You know what I started doing when I wanted to work out? I would get my iPad, put it on the treadmill, and I would watch movies while I walked. Was it hard? Not that hard. Because <laughs> I'm just watching movies, and I'm walking, right? And you know what ended up happening the next day? I didn't do it because it wasn't a habit yet. But you know what happened the next day? I was like, oh, I didn't do it yesterday. Let's do it today. And, and I got back on the treadmill, and I watched another movie while I walked. It wasn't that hard, right? I don't know where we got this idea that the spiritual life was supposed to be hard. It doesn't have to be, right? You've got to just find a way to be in Christ. Start small, but make it a habit. Make it something that, that you do again and again and again. There's some people who tell me this is their spiritual habit. While they're driving to work, they listen to praise songs. Or they turn off the radio. They, they, they turn off the music. And they just, they're, they're just like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this day. And they just take a moment to just be still with nothing on. And they just try to be thankful for like five minutes, ten minutes. Hey, I think that would be great if you could do that. On your way to class. Right? Maybe that can be your habit. Listen to a praise song. Or just look around and just say, thank you, God, and just list all the things you're thankful for. Right? There is great creativity that we can do. And I know some of you guys are going off for the summer. I want to encourage you. Can you find one thing? Right? And this is the question. Do it for, they say like a habit, it takes about two or three weeks before you can see any results from it. Do that habit for two weeks, maybe three if you can do it, Right? Try to do it for two or three weeks, 
And if it's not working, if it's not producing more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, stop doing it or adjust it. Do something else. If you can't do it after two or three weeks, maybe you need to find a different habit, right? Find one that suits where you are in your life better, right? Or maybe reduce the amount of time you're doing it. Don't do it for 20 minutes. Do it for 10 minutes. If you can't do it for 10 minutes, do it for five minutes. Just do something, right? And that's what, what we're being told to do, right? It's not about what you do. It's about doing it in Christ. Does that make sense? And friends, I just want to end with this. This is uh, uh, the way this passage ends that we read today. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. That's another great thing that you can do um, if you're at that point is start doing things to love other people. It can just be very simple things. Pray for somebody. Do something kind, right? Um, do a random act of kindness, you know? Um, but this is a way to live in the love of God, right? Um, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. The basis for all of this is not your love. The basis for all of this is not your ability to do it. The basis for all of this is that Christ has loved you first. So if you can't do it super well, if you fail, don't worry. It's not about you guys. It's about what Jesus has already done. And now, because of what Jesus has done, we can receive that gift And in freedom, we can live the in Christ life. He already laid down his life for you. I mean, if nothing else, can you just take a moment and just be thankful? Can you build your life, not on your effort, not on what you're doing, but build your life on his love? Maybe that's that's a habit that you can build in. Can you just take every day, find the time, maybe first thing in the morning or before you go to bed, Just take five minutes, maybe listen to a praise song that reminds you about the love of God, or just take some time to thank God. Take some time to dwell in the love. Thank you, God, for the cross. Thank you that you died for me even while I was a sinner. Thank you that in freedom I get to live my life in Christ. Praise team, can you come up? Friends, if you know what that thing is that you want to start this summer, maybe this week, you know, Maybe that's something you can make note of. You can write it down. You can put it in your schedule. You know, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, I want to wake up and do what? It doesn't have to be 9 o'clock. Maybe that time doesn't work for you. We have freedom. It is not about being legalistic. It's just about learning to live the in Christ life. Friends, um, yeah, you know, if you want to plan, if you want to write something down, do it. And, um, yeah, I, I just want to pray for you. Can we pray? Lord, thank you for dying for us on a cross. Thank you, God, for sending your son Jesus to show us the way of love. It is not primarily about what we do, but it is about living the life in you. What a gracious invitation that is. That as we live this life being led by the Spirit, we know, we know more fruit is going to come out of us. We're not going to live life selfishly. We're not going to live lives just to indulge our flesh, but we're going to live lives that are able to shine a light in this world, that are able to truly be lived in freedom and love and joy and peace. And we are going to be then the people who go out and love other people, Lord. 
But God, it's not just going to be by our own efforts. But you have given us a will. You have given us a body. And we can use that, Lord, to draw closer to you. We can do that to take one step, Lord, one step in faith to say, Lord, I, I want to live my life in you. I want to remain in you. I want, want to remain in your love. Lord, give us the strength to be able to do that. I pray encouragement over each and every one of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe there's some people out there who feel discouraged even before they begin. They're like, yeah, I know I'm going to fail, and they don't even want to start. Lord, I want to pray against the spirit of failure in Jesus' name. Lord, can we be more than conquerors in Christ to say, you have given us the ability to do new things, to live a new life in Christ, and to do that in, in, in concert with your Holy Spirit. You will give us that power to be able to live the in Christ life. Thank you, Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.